0: Hey, welcome to episode 129, uh, Lead a Life Uncommon. I'm Mary Bicknell. Today, we're really going to talk about how to help you not burn your business down to the ground. I'm going to give you 10 tips that are going to talk about how you can really increase your profit, work less have more time off so that you can do all the other cool things in life. This is for you. If you are the face of your business, you're a service professional and you don't want a huge team. You don't want to worry about having so much revenue that you are supporting multiple people. You know, are you a solopreneur? Are you the face of your business? So today we're going to talk about how to make sure that You're not going to burn your business down to the ground because you're doing all the wrong things. And this looks like, Let me give you some examples of who this is for specifically. So maybe you're an overwhelmed interior designer. You struggle with the imbalance between that creative work and those administrative tasks. And man, you're feeling so burnt out because you're using, you know, that left brain right brain which they've debunked apparently, but the point is, you're you're not in your genius zone. Maybe you're a solopreneur consultant. Maybe you specialize in Um, doing evaluations or valuations on businesses. Maybe you do um, assessments on houses and what could be improved before they go up for sale. Fill in the blank. Maybe you're an attorney and you just do, you're a divorce attorney, but you're really doing it mostly all by yourself. So these are some of the things that we're going to talk about. So if you're the face of your business, you are a professional and you are the one, maybe you are, um, an organizing professional. Maybe you go clean out estates, maybe fill in the blank here. Maybe you're a photographer. I could go on and on and on thinking specifically about female owned businesses who are, um, mostly by themselves, mostly by themselves. And the good and the bad of that, that's what we're gonna talk about today. So I'm here too. I'm here you know, to support you, Mary Bicknell, with all your psychology and selling and simplification of your business and telling you where to spend money for building your business and where not to. And some of that is like some of you buy too much technology that really is overwhelming. Oh my God. We need to simplify. Some of you think you need to have all kinds of stuff. Some So let's really talk today. I'm going to give you 10 series tips that if you implement them, they're going to be a game changer so that you don't have to burn your business down. You don't have to feel like you've hit the wall. Some of you show up and you're crying and I totally get it because it feels overwhelming and you love your business. Maybe you love your best clients, but God, all the rest of the stuff is just crappy to do. Totally understand it. So I want you to think about this strategically. These are gonna help you optimize your time and your resources so that you can start really feeling more like in a flow that you're having seasons within your business and that you are becoming more profitable because you're actually working less. Here's number one. Here's how to do the whole working less because I know some of you tell me, Mary, I work all the time, I'm working so hard. And you know why? It's because you, you're not efficient in what you're doing. You know, I've said for years, systems are sexy. Say this with me. Ready? Let me just collectively hear all of you say, systems are sexy. So most of us who like to do the actual work, our genius zone work, we don't always like systems. It feels boring. It feels like drudgery. I'm going to tell you when you are effective at batching or having systems in place, it frees up your time. This is why you will actually be working less and boosting your profitability because you're not going to be doing the same task over and over and over and over and over again. So having efficient workflow systems, by implementing these systems, it allows you to streamline all those admin tasks. So there's, there are different main, um, project management tools and communication um, software out there so that you can get a lot more things automated Now, whether you do this for yourself or you delegate this out, that's a, you know, part of our conversation today. How, how can you do some of this yourself? And number two is when do you decide to delegate routine tasks? Now, some of you will just have a reaction to that right away. Maybe you already have an assistant and, or maybe you've had assistants or in the past, whether they're virtual assistants, whether they're in-person assistants, and you know what? You feel as though they are not actually supporting you. I'm going to offer to you that it's because you have not trained them effectively. What you need to do is you need to train them. They need to have targets and they need to have effective tools. I call this the three T's. The three T's when you, whether it's, you're hiring somebody just for one project, whether you have a virtual assistant online that maybe works five hours a week, or whether it's somebody who's like walking into your office with you, do you give them the three T's? Let me repeat them. Do they know what their target is? Like what's the hell is their goal? Do you give them tools and do you actually teach them? Sometimes, you know, there's two modes here. One is we want to hire people that know what they're doing. And yet, we also want to hire them to know what they're doing so that they can actually use their own skill set to add to our businesses and then adopt into our businesses. They need to be able to be skilled enough for that and you teaching them your methodology, your culture, your desires, etc. So some of these are just, you know, how do you delegate these routine tasks? When you really start valuing your time as the face of the business, then you can start looking at why am I invoicing? Why am I scheduling? Why am I emailing people out? How can you outsource these? So that you can really focus on the work that you do. Number three is, when you're thinking about whatever project you're working on. So for an interior designer, you know, maybe it's a kitchen, maybe a photographer, when, what is their project? Is it that they are the photographer for all of the high schools to do all of the senior photos? Is it, you are a, um, maybe you're a coach or you're a consultant and your project is actually a launch Fill in the blank with the, your niche language, right? So it's like, how do you affect it? Like, how do you have time investing in creating that? Because you've got to plan these things out. You must master the art of planning your projects, your launches, your seasons within your business and get good at timelines. Here's the truth. It's just like, it's so funny. The other day I had a conversation with one of my clients and she's, she's kind of fought me, I'm going to tell you, a little bit on like really setting up timelines, batching, doing all the things I'm sharing with you now. She really pushed back because she wanted to, quote, quote, be spontaneous and be creative. I don't know. You know, even saying being spontaneous and being creative, I love that. And yet it's exhausting because then it always puts you on the spot to produce as opposed to effectively planning and putting that into a system, when you do this, you can set up great timelines. You can figure out who needs, how much support do you need or do you need any? And then you can start really seeing what are the challenges that come up. You can be proactive instead of that last minute stuff. I guess this for me, you guys, it's also all about when you are just winging it or being spontaneous, what happens to me? And maybe I'm just like, it. if you relate to this, pop me an email. Marriott, Mary Bicknell, uh, comment wherever you're listening to this, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're getting any value, will you go and give a five-star for this podcast and share a review? Ask me a question. Let's have an interaction here. But for me, planning eliminates the last minute stress. I don't like being late and I don't like last minute stress. Number four, Mm, you want to work less and you want to make more, start qualifying your clients. Do you know who your best ideal client is? And I know I talk about this, your best ideal client. There are more than enough clients. I'm going to repeat myself because it's worth repeating. There are more than enough clients in the world to have all the money that you could ever want and only working with the best clients and still having all the time off that you want and actually hiring an assistant or two to support you with all the mundane tasks that you hate to do. It comes from qualifying your ideal client. This is this allows you to really focus in your genius zone, focus on your expertise, and it allows your selling to be seamless. You know, so many of you say, I don't like selling, Mary, and it's because you keep attracting the wrong kind of client, and so then you feel like you're twisting people's arms. You feel like, oh my God, I don't even wanna have the sales call because it's gonna be another one of those. What's your qualifying process? So today, take five minutes and sit down and ask yourself who, if I had a line up of a hundred of my best clients waving their credit card with me, in front of me, me needing to have a wait list to actually work with me, who are those people? And then let me help you if you need some help finding those exact people. Number five, what are your offerings? So do, are you strategic with your offerings? Do you really even know? How are your best genius zone um, abilities lining up with what the market wants? How are they lining up with what you actually are really good at? Are you putting out offers that, that really don't get you excited? Are you just throwing spaghetti at the, you know, some of you are so creative, which is fantastic. And yet you have so many ideas and so many offers and so many of this. And I want to do this and I want to do that. And I want to offer to you until you have a system that you're almost bored with. One of my clients said to me, I'm bored. And I'm like, that is so freaking fantastic. You're finally bored with your systems, which means they're so tight. You have no more chaos. You can onboard people. You can sign people. You have your sales calls. You know what the process is. Now you have free time to go do the fun stuff. Is that how your business looks? Are you focusing on one or two super tight offers that are very high value that you can command premium high prices and that your ideal client, it's a, it's like they're all in, they're willing to invest in your brilliance, your expertise. Number six, how do people even know about you? Do you showcase your um, offerings, your projects? Do you have a portfolio? So a portfolio looks different for people, right? So for um, people in maybe a creative space, an interior designer, a photographer, et cetera, maybe their portfolio are visuals. And then some of us are in the people, you know, our, our, you know, our portfolio looks like our client testimonials, right? Do you have those that you can show the world? Are you intentionally putting them out there so that your ideal client can see Um, the visual of a kitchen that you've done, of a photograph of the new little baby that you have done. And they say, Oh my God, I want my, I want my new baby picture to look like that. Oh my God, I want a kitchen that looks like that. Or are you someone whose, um, you, your people is your, really your portfolio and you have testimonials that share. And so that your next ideal client can read that and see themselves. Or maybe you have a client shoot a video so that your, your, your um, marketing is seamless. That's really important. Um, Number seven. Okay, this is a huge one. This is about client education, onboarding, and teaching them about your processes. Look, here's the bottom line. Some of you have what we call scope creep, or you have bad boundaries. And what happens is unless you set up this like process, this container, this expectation of communication with your ideal client They're human, guys. They're human beings. They don't know that they're not supposed to call you whenever if you don't let them know. They don't know that they can't text you, ping you on social, send you 59 emails. So what is your process for educating client communication? This really is so important because I know all of us, we really want to deliver high service. I want to offer to you that being completely available at all hours is not actually of service to your best ideal client. So for example, some, you know, some of these clients you can, I use personally, I use Voxer for my private clients and they can Vox me. It's an app instead of putting them onto social media um, to message me. I don't give out my personal phone number. Um, but that sometimes I can just give them a quick answer. And you know what? That's what your clients probably are paying you for. They're paying because they want to work with you. You are the service professional. You are the face of your business. Your clients want to work with you. Even when you're hiring uh, or have a contractor or a 1099 or a virtual assistant, you need to have some availability for your client communication. What does that look like? How can you curate that so that they feel like they're heard? Number eight, how do you even have um, great networking? or partnerships. So this is also going to help you eliminate some of that burnout. It's going to help you save time. One of the things, of course, I've talked to numerous times about is are you in front of other people's audiences who have your best ideal client? And how can you create partnerships with those other professionals in your industry? So, for example, if you take photos and you're just a photographer for little cute babies, those newborn babies, like, where are you showing up? Who do you know? Are you at mother's groups? Are you, do you have friends that are at, you know, nurses and the the, um, obstetrics? I mean, I don't know. Where are you going? If you're an interior designer and you only do kitchens, how do you collaborate with other interior designers who only do soft goods or only do bedrooms, right? Maybe you are um, someone who helps with, (coughs) excuse me, somebody who does um, valuations with different businesses. Do you niche down? Do you do valuations specifically around dental practices who wanna sell? So are you speaking at dental conferences? Here's what I want to teach you. And here's what I want you to hear. Business is business. And even though I'm sharing with you, as you are a small business, you are a solopreneur, you may be in different industries. However, the process for business development, profitability, and working less is the same. It doesn't matter what business you're in. When you implement these strategies that I'm talking about today, You will make a difference. You will. There's no way that you can. not What about your professional development? You know, some of us, we have to have CEUs as we continue. So I want to offer to you, are you staying up on trends? Are you staying in the know? How many of you have gone to a um, hairstylist for all these years and they never know what's new? Now, of course, some of the new hairstyles may not be what you want, but are you staying current? Unless your ideal client is of a certain age perhaps it doesn't matter what age it is maybe they're all in their 20s and they want whatever but you know the 20s something current is going to always be there the 60s something current is always going to be there how are you staying up to date so that you can remain competitive how can you adapt to evolving your client preferences and how can you stay attuned to their evolving preferences What are the different trends what are the different business strategies how does the economy impact it or not by the way for the most of you the economy does not impact your business unless that's a thought that you carry i never ever ever think oh my god the economy is impacting my business i've had some of my highest selling months over the last 11 years in december even with the down, quote, quote, and I'm air quoting, down economy, or it's the holidays. It's you when you have the um, a product, service, or offer that your client wants, remember, people pay for what they value. And finally, number 10 is how much time are you actually put putting into your calendar for downtime? Don't give me the I'm too busy, I can't have any downtime. Don't give me I don't have CEO time, which I've talked about other on other podcasts. Don't say that I can't go to Billy's game. I can't do this. I can't read a book. That's a lie that you're telling yourself. That's a lie you're telling yourself. I'm lovingly kicking you in the butt right now saying that's BS. Now granted, there are times that, you know, that whole work-life balance, I don't really believe in work-life balance. I believe in work-life harmony and that there are seasons in your business that you're gonna be busier. Wedding people are busier during different times of the year. Uh, Physical trainers different times of the year. You know, your tax due different times of the year, all of those things. So how well are you putting these systems into play so that you know there's different seasons and times of the year in your business that you're going to be working, and I'm air quoting, longer, harder, etc. You're going to have a heavier client load. Some of you actually really want that too. I want you to think about this. You want to have a heavier client load certain times of the year because you want to take lots of time off. Some of you want the month of August off. Some of you want to have three weeks off around the holidays. You can totally have that when you put these other things into play. And of course, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I can go into so much more detail around each one, so start looking for that content. Um, Go over to LinkedIn. If you haven't been following me over on LinkedIn, DM me over there and let me know which one of these 10 tips, these 10 strategies you're gonna put into place. And if you want to ask me something personally, of course, always reach out. marybicknellcom slash call with Mary. Let's get these things in place so that you can stop crying and missing out on all the cool stuff in life. And finally, I want to offer. You want to join our Facebook group? I've reignited, re-inspired, reinvigorated our Facebook group that has nearly 5,000 other business women just like yourself. Every Wednesday, I go in there live. I answer questions. You can ask me direct questions and it's easy to find me. Ready? Marybicknell.com slash Facebook group. There you go. I'll put the link in the notes. Please go and, you know, high five me, give me a five star, share, tag me. I look forward to supporting you so that you don't go burning your business down. Talk to you soon.